Hello and welcome back to another episode of Solving the People Puzzle, where I, your host, Francho Devet, the founder and CEO of Whamly, usually interview a guest, an HR manager, an HR executive, a business owner, and we discuss an interesting topic. And the point of the podcast is to give value back to the HR community. However, today I am bringing you a very special episode where I will be the only guest and I am sharing my thoughts on a topic that has really created a lot of curiosity for me, a lot of interest. I've been reading up a lot on this and I've been in many conversations around this. And so let's jump straight into it. The topic is called flexible at work. Now, before we deep dive into the topic, just some context. I do not deem myself to be the expert. These are just some of my thoughts. I've been reading up a lot, doing some research, and I thought, let me contextualize this just a bit and leave you with some thoughts, some suggestions, some ideas to think about and ponder as you figure out what is the best way for you to go about your way of work with your employees in your businesses. Now, let's start at the beginning. We obviously had the pandemic where if you weren't already implementing a flexible policy or work from home policy or remote working policy, um, pandemic forced us to actually be at home through the lockdown. And so as the pandemic ended, uh, most businesses then had to adopt some sort of new way of work because of the years during the pandemic where people actually got used to this idea of working from home. And now we've seen over the last couple of months, big organizations bringing people back to the office. And I'm specifically thinking about big tech companies where in some instances, it wasn't even a conversation. Employees were simply informed that they need to be back in the office, whether they like it or not. And if you weren't happy in some of these organizations, you were actually uh, fired, you lost your job, um, you had to opt out. And so this begs the question around, is there a right or a wrong? What is the best way to go about it? So I want to start off by saying, and I'll repeat this at the end, this is a contextual conversation. There is no right or wrong. However, there is research. There is some statistics, and today I will be deep diving specifically, specifically into a report I read from McKinsey called Embracing Flexible Work. If you want to go and check that out, I'll also include it in the show notes where they uh, did research um, specifically in America around what the landscape is looking like now. So for us to have this conversation, we need to consider just for a moment the lay of the land and where all of this started. And so you have to go back to the different revolutions um, in, in the history of, of the world of work. So when we started out, it was the agricultural revolution where the world of work, working in the agricultural revolution was heavily dependent on the seasons. And so literally the sun setting, the sun coming up, um, when we were out in the fields working with the crops um, and farming. And so your way of work was determined by literally the season, the setting and the rising of the sun um, because you needed that to be out there and actually work. So there was really no choice around when to work. You worked when the sun was shining. From there, we entered into the industrial revolution where it was all about factories and machines. And so the humans um, evolved and, uh, and, and obviously the way of work and how we worked also changed a lot. So the introduction of factories with a clocking system where at a particular time in the day, the factory started up and as the day progressed, then of course, the factory closed down in some instances 
Some would run through the night with night shifts and day shifts. But again, the way of work was determined by my surrounding, my context, which was the machines. And then we enter the techn technology, the technology revolution or the fourth industrial revolution, whereby this whole idea of technology anywhere from any place, um, I'm not bound to space, I'm not bound to time. Um, and, 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 I, and I believe this is typically where this idea of, of flexibility or remote working actually really started because I wasn't dependent anymore on the crops, the harvest being out there. Of course, we've got the farming community, which, which to this date is, is still very relevant um, in the agricultural sector. Um, a lot of our clients are in the agri sector, but there is a big focus and a transition to technology. And of course, that also changed the way of, of work. Now, that is a backdrop we have to consider 2023 and where we are now. It would be ignorant of us to say that technology is not a central part of how we are working. And again, as I said in the intro, there is some context, there is some uh, specific scenarios where you do not fit into this conversation directly. Um, retail still to this day, uh, if I'm a, if I'm a, you know, servicing customers in a, in a retail store, that store opens at a specific time, it closes at a specific time, it needs a human to be there. Um, but, but if you think of technology and the majority of businesses and how digitization has entered the way of work, um, this just opened up this conversation around, well, if I'm on my laptop and if I'm working and if I'm connected, I can work from anywhere and really at any time. However, I think as part of this conversation, it is also extremely important for us to differentiate between where we work and how we work because at times we confuse the two and then the conversation becomes slightly emotional and we have preferences and we have judgments that we make without really considering the where and the how for what purpose now if you consider for a second where we work this opens up the conversation around am i working fully remote am i working in the office or do I have a hybrid model? Now, a lot of specifically the South African corporates and organizations that we work with have post-COVID introduced a hybrid way of work, whereby I have specific days that I'm in the office and I have specific days that I am working from home. But there is a lot of structure around it. I know when my cycle is. I know when I'm at home. I know when I'm going in. And, and that therefore determines where I work. So that is the hybrid model. Obviously, fully from home or fully remote is exactly what it implies. And then back in the office is, 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 is again, exactly what it applies. I'm, I'm at the office from, from Monday to Friday if, if those are my working days and I am working in a physical space in the office. The, the part of the research and the conversations that I've been having that really uh, creates a lot of interest for me and, and stirred up some curiosity was not necessarily the way, and I'll circle back to the way, but rather the how. And the reason why I believe this is the better part of the conversation to have is, is because it isn't as clearly defined. And if you don't define that as an organization, the how, then the where I work, particularly if it is from home, could become or lead to unproductivity and, and be very difficult to track and measure. So let's just consider for a second the different um, ways of, of how one can work. So if, if you consider time as a key metric 
Then we're looking at a very traditional approach here where I'm working from eight to five or I'm working from nine to six. Um, some of our, our, our labor laws uh, actually also have a specific time per week that, that people that, that is deemed to be working hours. And, and, you know, I am based by time. I'm, I'm, my how is, is, is on time. And um, some of our biometric systems in, in terms of HR technology out there will actually track time. I'm clocking in with my, with my thumb and, and I'm being measured by my physical presence of being wherever I need to be on time and working in a set parameter of time. Another how is an outcomes-based approach. And this is where the organization is not really caring where you are working or what hours you are working, but rather focusing on what is being done, what is getting, what is getting done from an outcomes perspective, from a metrics perspective, from a results perspective. And so when I engage with individuals who tell me that, um, you know, I, I want to work from home, I, I want a fully remote job because I will deliver. That is an outcomes-based mindset or thinking or approach around how I want to work. Just measure me on my results, think about what I am doing, is that in line with the requirements of the job, and therefore it is a, an outcomes-based approach. Some organizations, and uh, I remember very clearly reading a book called The Four-Day work, uh, Four Workweek. Tim Ferriss wrote The Four-Hour Workweek. But um, reduced time is another concept around the house. So if I'm able to do my job, in less days required in a week, some organizations are allowing for that. And, um, and that again is around the speed and the efficiency and the, the potential delivery time of the individual who's then able to deliver in a, in, not in a specific period of, of time or necessary just based on outcomes, but rather on a reduced time, like a four day work week. And again, a popular buzzword at the moment, many organizations doing that, um, you know, having, having less days in the week. So, you know, we have a four, a, a four day work week. Um, very interesting. An, another piece of research, um, that I came across was this idea of uh, job sharing or sharing of responsibilities. I attended a talk the other day and one of the speakers was a gentleman, the director of human capital from Deloitte Africa. And he was speaking about the idea of job profiles and job descriptions becoming more and more irrelevant by mentioning that we should be hiring people based on their skills and that all jobs should be projects based and that we should be sharing amongst the resources in our organization, leveraging the skills that different individuals have and then using that to achieve the desired outcome, which is quite interesting for me thinking about that. And um, again, all of these elements I'm mentioning today have positive and negative or advantages and disadvantages to them. And if I think of, of this no job title, no job description um, concept, I think it can work well because you're playing people to their strengths. You're creating excitement for people where their job is not bore, boring. They're not doing the same thing every single day, which is a lot of the time-based uh, proximity methodology and thinking, but rather keeping people engaged and excited, which would in turn inform you know, engagement, retention, lower turnover, uh, overall job satisfaction, which are, which are all positive aspects. I think the downside of that then goes back to, okay, when am I doing what? Um, how am I being managed on the project? 
Um, how do we equally distribute the responsibilities and who owns the project and the, the delivery? So those are just some of the things that you can think about. Are you tired of wasting countless hours screening through CVs and hosting in-person interviews with candidates you probably never hire? If your answer is yes, we are here to help. Our award-winning one-way video interview platform will streamline your entire hiring process and save you up to 70% of your traditional hiring hours. With our platform, you can send your candidates an interview link and let them answer a set of customized questions that you set up in their own convenient time. What does this mean for you? No more wasting valuable office hours or being fooled by CVs that don't match the real candidates behind them. If you would like to know more, visit whamley.io to book a free demo today and see the difference for yourself. That's w-a-m-l-y.io. Say goodbye to wasting time and money and hello to making better hires. I think the, the one that really caught my attention the most was this idea of hours to value. Now, let me conceptualize hours to value. Is Ultimately, if you think of the world of work, it is a transaction. So I, the employer, am willing to pay a salary, a commission, um, for someone's time and value. And that value, time, money, remuneration transaction ultimately should create this win-win scenario where the employer is getting what they want, they're willing to pay for it, the employee is being remunerated. However, the focus here is on value. It is not on time, it is not on proximity, it is not on location, it is not on clocking in or clocking out or being constrained to a season or a machine, but rather what can I give you from an individual competence and skills and knowledge perspective that is creating value for you. And if you go and look at the research around the millennials and the Gen Zs, they are typically moving every 12 to 18 months. And if you deep dive into that conversation, you can go and listen to some of the previous podcasts as well that we did on the Gen Zs. This again circles back to this idea or concept of value. I'm gonna give you in our transaction, the value that you are paying me for, we are both satisfied and happy that the desired outcomes of the job requirements get met and up to a point where I am either moving on or you don't have that um, project or job for me where I feel I can add value. And so very often when you go and deep dive into retention and turnover of employees in that conversation amongst many factors, will also sit this concept of, does my job have meaning? Am I finding meaning and purpose in what I am doing every day? Do I understand how my job is actually building up into the overall strategy of the organization? How am I contributing to the bottom line of this business? So this concept of hours to value. Now, the benefits of understanding our how we work are many. Firstly, if you are able as an organization to have this conversation with your employees around how they work, you are in a position to create balance. You're in a position to create happiness. You're in a position to create job satisfaction, high levels of engagement, which in turn might reduce your risk of employee turnover. Um, but then there are also negative elements to this conversation. 
And, and this really, when I started having my conversations, particularly with employers who are forcing employees back to the office, some of those comments circle back to some of these following elements. Firstly, I want to see you because I want to make sure you are productive. Now that in turn immediately opens up a conversation around trust, job clarity, expectations, and an outcomes-based management approach. Because if you want to see me to ensure I am doing my job, was I in fact a good hiring decision? So that's something to think about. Together with that, and I'm quite passionate about this, is the communications um, and management element of having people in close proximity. We know that even though technology, Slack channels, email, WhatsApp for business, telephone calls, meeting each other online, all are there to help assist and guide us, we know that it's not the same as just being in the same room. Our ability to communicate, our ability to ask questions, our ability to learn, our ability to share knowledge, our ability to create playbooks, listen to each other's calls and conversations, give each other feedback is so critical and very difficult to do if you are fully remote and running all your communications online or digital. Another negative is on the culture, potentially. Now, again, I'm quite a big um, uh, now, again, I'm quite someone who firmly believes in the power of building a culture of inclusivity, building a culture that is safe, that's enjoyable, that people want to come to work and enjoy that culture, that people want to feed off of, that people want to embrace and contribute towards. And it is really difficult to build company culture online. Now, I recently made a post on LinkedIn and um, the forum was developers and I had quite a number of developers inboxing me, sending me DMs, commenting on the chat around what is this culture thing? Why is it important? It's all about the, out the outcomes and the requirements of the job. Now, um, if you are a specialist, if you are a developer that your entire job is behind a computer, I can understand. I actually have empathy with you not understanding why culture is important because you are an individual contributor. You are a specialist. Now, we have a dev team at Wabney. I absolutely cannot build my business without developers. I understand the boom and the need and the demand at this moment globally for developers. But the conversation here is around how do we foster a culture and why is it important? Now, there is a lot of research out there. You can go and look at Gallup. You can go and look at Afri Forte. You can go and look at FIT. There are many organizations and service providers that are doing a lot of research on engagement and culture and the positive benefits that it has got. But maybe to make it extremely practical, just think about a job that you really enjoyed and think about a job that you didn't enjoy. Somewhere in your own answer, you're going to come down to leadership and particularly leadership behavior. And that is exactly what culture is. People think culture is this fluffy, difficult thing to understand and you need an industrial psychologist to come and build your values and your culture. No, in my professional opinion and in my personal experience, culture is nothing else than leadership behavior. And the leadership behavior is what we do on a daily basis, how we speak, how we listen, how we give feedback, how we show up in the world of work. And that there can only really come through and be seen in an area where the people are, where people are, where they are working. 
And so, and so if you are fully remote and even hybrid, it might have an effect on your culture. And then lastly, one has to bring up this conversation or this concept around productivity. Now, again, productivity is a very difficult, uh, well, it is a particularly difficult construct to, to pencil down because it might mean something different in different contexts. But productivity ultimately at the end of the day, in my opinion, is are you doing what you are being paid for? Are you delivering? Are you taking action? Are you measuring what you are doing? Are you reaching deadlines? Are you actually adding value? And the interesting thing here then becomes is, and now we circle back to the how and the where. Because if you aren't productive, that cannot just be a perception. Because the idea of I can't see you and therefore I'm not sure you are productive and therefore I need you in my office because that's the only way for me to see that you are productive and therefore I might then be able to trust you, I guess is a negative mindset or an inward mindset. So to get that right, one needs to understand clearly what the expectations are, what the targets are, what the goals are, KPIs, KPAs, OKRs, whatever your performance methodology is that you've got in-house, in how are you communicating that, creating transparency, job clarity, and then very importantly, measuring it and providing feedback. Now, if you're able to do that, it doesn't matter where the employee is, you can create productivity. Okay, so I've given you the lay of the land, where we work, how we work, advantages, disadvantages, where it all started, how the world of work has shifted and changed from seasons to factories to technology to fully remote, hybrid, back in the office. Here is my take on this. You need to determine for yourself what does your business require right now. If you do not have systems in place, if you are a young startup, if you have a business model that requires a lot of interaction, and a lot of questioning, a lot of feedback loops. If you're a young business, it might be a good idea to have your employees with you and around you more often than not. If you are a well-established business where the internal systems are running, the culture is set, the communication lines are very clear, the hierarchy or the reporting structures is extremely clear and set out, and you are dealing with a lot of individual contributors who don't necessarily need other people to be successful in their roles, a hybrid or a fully remote working um, space or setup might be valuable to you and might prove to be successful for you. I think ultimately, if we really break this down on a human level, and again, this is just my opinion, humans were designed for connection. We were designed for relationships. We are relational. We are interpersonal. We want to show up. We want to be in an environment where we are seen, valued, and heard, where we can add a difference, where we can make an impact, back to the young generations around purpose and meaning. And so therefore, I am leaning towards the concept of flexible at work where I'm saying I don't want to manage employees, and maybe you should think about this as well, from a time base perspective, or from a I don't trust you perspective, or I need to see you to make sure that you're working hard perspective. 
but rather through transformational leadership, creating clear expectations, being very clear around what the job requires, giving you the job resources to do your job effectively, but then creating a space where we can connect. And so flexible at work for me is we are in the office. We have this space that we show up to. I mean, as a side note, I was listening to a podcast that I follow, The Expansive, John and Eric speaking. Go and check them out if you want to. Where John was particularly speaking about this idea of, yes, in COVID, it was cool for us to work in our pajamas. So maybe you had your pajama pants at the bottom and your collar shirt at the top. But somewhere at some point, waking up, getting dressed and going somewhere because you're on a mission, because you want to go make an impact. And that is the place where you go do that, where you are inspired, where you hear from your fellow colleagues, where you share ideas, where the magic happens. That is unfortunately not necessarily your kitchen counter or your, your dining room table. And so I drew inspiration from that. And I absolutely agree with what was said there. And so flexible at work is we come to the office. However, there is flexibility in terms of how you show up. So the one thing COVID taught us is this idea that we, we have lives and that everything is valuable. Our health, our external relationships outside of the world of work, our kids, our family, our friends, all of that is extremely valuable. And COVID highlighted those areas for us. And so in, in, in my opinion, we will allow for flexibility if you need to attend to any of these areas. And so we will not clock um, our employees in and out. We will not clock watch. We will, I said in my podcast, my, in, in a post I made the other day, that uh, I don't care at what time you wake up or what time you go to bed and when you are and aren't working. But the idea of showing up at work and then still having the flexibility to take a break when you want, miss the traffic if you're stuck in traffic and you have to travel and so you're leaving at different hours, um, working harder because on Thursday afternoon you had to attend your, your kids' um, soccer match or rugby match. That's for me, I believe, a model that could prove successful and useful going into the future. Flexible at work. A last comment from me would be, make sure that whatever you pick as your where and how you work, you communicate clearly with your employees. Communicate the why, communicate the benefits, communicate the expectations, and zoom into the emotions around the decision. Because your employees, have their own way of thinking. They have their own emotions. They have their own ideas. And I know as a business owner, it is very difficult to accommodate everybody. And at the end of the day, your business exists for a reason. And that business needs to move forward and deliver on the strategic objectives of the business. But the change management and how you take people along on your journey starts with communicating clearly the why, how it will roll out, how it would work, and address the concerns that are raised during the implementation and change management journey. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this valuable. Uh, pop us a message at hello at whamley.io if you would like to know more. If you wanna to add to the conversation, it will be distributed to all our channels. I would love to hear your thoughts. Let me leave you with this. There is no right and wrong. It is contextual to the industry, to the maturity of the organization, and to individual specific jobs. But maybe flexible at work is the way to go. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning into this episode with me today. I hope you found the conversation truly valuable. 
If you want to continue your journey of exploration and growth, please subscribe to the show and share it with your friends and colleagues who are in HR or talent acquisition. Because the more we grow the show together, the more I can bring you top quality guests with world-class insights.